Well, if you've got a Bible, uh, perhaps you'd like to turn to John chapter 8. One of the songs we were just singing, I just wrote the words down just in case I forgot them in a moment of nerves standing up here. It just says this, great is the Lord, for we know your truth has set us free. And we're about to look into the truth. And my prayer is that it will set us free. Because the top of John 8 actually says, in my Bible and in most others I believe, the earliest manuscripts and other ancient witnesses do not have John seven fifty three to eight eleven. There's arguments about whether this passage belongs in John's Gospel, and some might even argue whether it belongs in any of the Gospels. Nevertheless, it's here, and I've got to say, having read it and over and over many many years. I'd be lost without it. It's one of those passages passages I'd actually be lost without. Let's read it together. Then each went to his own home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered round him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. In my day job, I spend a lot of time in court. Well, for a few more weeks, anyway. Um, The British justice system is deemed probably to be one of the fairest justice systems uh, in the world. Anyone who's put before a court is innocent until proven guilty. You have a judge, you have a jury in the Crown Court, you have your prosecution lawyers, you have your defence lawyers... The defence get all the evidence, or pretty much most of the evidence, um, that the prosecution are going to rely on in order for them to um, uh, defend themselves against the charge that's been brought. 
The trial takes place, the evidence is heard from both sides and then a decision is taken as to a person's guilt. It's very ordered, very well managed, very proper, very fair. Contrast that with this account that we've just read of what happened in front of Jesus. Jesus is teaching in the temple courts. There's lots of people gathered round him listening when some teachers of the law and some Pharisees bring a woman to Jesus who's been caught in the act of adultery. And they make her stand before Jesus and they openly condemn her. They create this kangaroo court this unofficial trial of someone they say is guilty and who they believe needs dealing with. And it's a scene of complete and utter unjust condemnation for their own purposes. Because those who are accusing this woman are relying on an Old Testament law which we find in Deuteronomy 22. And In very simple terms, it says that if a man and woman are caught in adultery, both must die. So I want to suggest that the actions of these leaders, right from the very beginning, was unjust. Firstly, because they've only brought the woman. No sign of the man. And secondly, Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 22.22 makes no mention of stoning whatsoever. It simply says they should die. But nevertheless, these leaders question Jesus and they say, come on, Jesus, what do you say about it? We know from the biblical account we've just read that what they were actually doing was trying to trap Jesus so that they could accuse him later on. Because if Jesus said that she shouldn't be stoned, then they'd accuse him of not following the law. And also he'd lose credibility in front of the the many people in front of him, the, the many unloved people, the many people that he had spent time with and shown much love to. But if Jesus agreed that she should be stoned, then the leaders would report him to the Romans because the Romans didn't allow anyone to carry out executions other than themselves. So either which way... Jesus was potentially in a trap. So what does Jesus say? He doesn't say anything. What he actually does is he kneels down on the ground and simply starts to write in the dirt. And lots of people have thought and tried to surmise what Jesus was writing in the dirt, but that actually doesn't matter. I actually figured that Jesus getting down into the dirt was more symbolic than what he actually wrote. He got down in the most humble place. So what he wrote doesn't really matter. But while he's writing, he's undoubtedly considering this whole scenario that's going on around him. And when the leaders continue to question him, Jesus stands up. 
and with a mixture of humility and the most astonishing wisdom, he says this, if any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And he goes back to his knees, stoops into the ground again and continues to write. There are some people who have this gift to say just a few words that can change a situation dramatically. I've got a colleague at work and um, he's my favourite person I ever have worked with because in the most... um, in a situation where things are all going wrong, where temper's afraid, where he's being accused of all sorts of things, he can turn around and in just a few small words can completely cut through that situation and turn it round. I think those people are few and far between. But a few well-chosen words can often change and take the sting out of any situation. But Jesus' words here do more than take the sting out. Because they take the whole of this hypocritical, unjust condemnation of an unnamed woman and they start to turn it into one of unrivaled compassion. The religious leaders can't stand up under Jesus' pressure, uh, sorry, under Jesus' response. Because they know that not one of them is without sin. Not one of them is perfect. And slowly, one by one, they drift away until it's just Jesus and the woman. The whole of this story turns dramatically on these words. If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Another version of the Bible says, says, puts it this way. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. It's easy to assume that Jesus was only talking about the religious leaders in this scenario. And for over 40 years, well over 40 years, that's the way I've always seen it. He was merely putting the ball in their court. But I read something just a few weeks ago which helped me enormously and actually was life, not not life-changing, but had, had a profound effect on me. And I'm just, rather than try and put it into my own words, I'm, gonna, I'm just going read it, to read it direct. Do you remember when the woman, do you remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? When the Pharisees wanted to stone her, he said, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Who was Jesus talking about? The Pharisees, the religious hierarchy? No, he was talking about himself. He was the only one without sin. And he had no stones to throw. Just let that sink in for a moment. 
He was the only one without sin. And he had no stones to throw. Just ponder what that means for you. Jesus stands up and looks the woman in the eye and asks, has no one condemned you? No one, she says. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Not only has he no stones to throw, he doesn't want any either. This is grace, love, and forgiveness of the highest order. This is unrivaled compassion. In the words that Jesus says, neither do I condemn you, we see the very heart of God. In John 3, 17, Jesus says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And when Jesus tells this woman she's not condemned, he was already thinking of the cross. Because when he says to her, neither do I condemn, he knows that the weight of her sin will become his. He's going to take the weight of that condemnation And he takes that weight right there in front of her and in an act of unrivaled compassion, he sets her free. But his final words to her are, go now and leave your life of sin. You see, Jesus does not condone her actions. He is not soft on sin. His forgiveness, grace and compassion Come with an add-on. Leave your life of sin. Jesus offers her a new way of life, a transformed life that's lived through him and with him. Again, let's just think of ourselves. Let's put ourselves maybe in that situation. Because each of us is like that woman. Romans 3.23 tells us, All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Jesus has every right to condemn each and every one of us. But as the one without sin, he can throw the first stone but he has no stones to throw and nor does he want any. Romans 8.1 says, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And I've underlined the word now because I think there's two meanings to that word now. There's now, right now, for each one of us, no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. There is also now no condemnation when we face Jesus one day. There's the now now and there's the future now. 
One of my favourite hymns as I was growing up was the hymn, And Can It Be? And the lovely final verse of that hymn says, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. We are not condemned if we live a life of faith in and response to Jesus Christ's immense love and forgiveness. He goes to the cross, condemned in our place, and in an act of unrivaled compassion, we receive freedom, forgiveness, and righteousness. Tonight, as we take communion, if you're weighed down, burdened by uh, some unconfessed sin, Know the compassion of Jesus and be set free. If you can't forgive yourself for something, know that Jesus does not condemn you. If you don't yet know Jesus, start to get to know him tonight. If you feel condemned for some reason, Tonight, right now, know the compassion and love of Jesus afresh in your life. And as you take bread and the wine tonight, thank Jesus for his love and compassion. And thank him that he has no stones to throw. Thanks be to God. To him be the glory.